Oh, graduates, it's so good to see you here in the front row on this uh, beautiful morning, and I know, at 8 a.m. Mass. I don't know why it's the tradition that we do this at the 8 a.m. Mass. I know it's early, but I'm glad that you're here. And I got to tell you guys, it's uh, really special for me personally as your pastor to have this particular Mass as you guys were the first confirmation class when I got here. And so to see you now, you know, grown up and ready to leave high school and move on to the next big thing. I mean, when I got here, you know, you guys were all little guys, except for Bill Fisher. You've always been taller than me. But, you know, to see you move on to this point is so exciting. And, of course, this isn't goodbye forever. Of course, hopefully we'll see you throughout the rest of the summer every time you're back home. But it's an exciting and special time. And just to kind of look at this, and it seems so appropriate that this day, this graduation mass, falls on the Feast of the Ascension as we celebrate Jesus going up into heaven. And I want to share with you just a little reflection on something that I actually started when I left home to go to college. I got in the habit of praying the rosary when I was in the car. I went to school about two and a half hours away from my parents' house. And so, you know, and just to let you know, the drive from Peoria, Illinois to St. Louis, Missouri, it's not exciting. It's pretty flat and boring. But I pray the rosary on my way down to school, and it was a good routine that you know, I've kind of carried on through the years. And even to this day, I pray the rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet when I'm in the car. And I've gotten in the habit of using a small like, finger rosary instead of the great big rosary in the car because just practically speaking, the big rosary kind of goes everywhere. But if you're anything like me, whenever you do pray the rosary, sometimes my mind happens to wander. Now that might not happen to you. I'm not as holy as you guys, but I try. And so... I use that finger rosary, and the way that I remember, especially at the Divine Mercy Chaplet, where I am, is I usually meditate on the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And just to make sure I know which one I'm on, this is corny, but I'm just like letting you in on this little thing that I do, I sort of do like a little physical motion to remind myself where I am. For example, when I get to the fourth sorrowful mystery, Jesus carries the cross, And I'm usually driving into work. I think about just like that perseverance and I kind of like get my shoulder into it a little bit as I'm praying. So if you ever see me driving and I'm doing one of these, I'm not like having a spasm. I'm like thinking about Jesus carrying the cross. Well, in the second sorrowful mystery, okay, it's the scourging at the pillar. And as you may notice, like any time that's depicted, Jesus's hands are always bound. And if you've ever seen the Mel Gibson movie, The Passion of the Christ, It's the same way. And to think about the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, God himself, allowing himself to be bound up, essentially not in control, so to speak, and allowing these terrible things to happen to him. And I'll kind of like put my hands on the steering wheel like this. Maybe not safe, but I do it anyway. So you kind of like put your hands together. They're his bound hands. Now, fast forward to the Easter season where we find ourselves right now, the tail end of those days. If you compare the second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar, where Jesus' hands are bound, to the ascension today, and you look at the way that that's described in the gospel, and I think we probably have one of the best artistic depictions of Jesus ascending into heaven in our own church, when you look at our image of the sacred heart, it says that as he was going up into heaven, he blessed them. And think about this. His hands go from being bound at the scourging at the pillar to now they're opened up in blessing. 
And the beautiful thing about this Feast of the Ascension is we recognize the fact that not only is Jesus no longer bound by ropes and chains in the midst of his passion, he's not even bound anymore by time and space. It's too easy to think about this feast as sort of like a Jesus going away from us, that he's departed, he's no longer here, but really, that's not the case. He's more present to us now than he was even to the apostles then. And what makes me say that? Well, I don't know about you, but I've definitely had that temptation to think, man, if only I could have been there at the time. If I could have just like been there when Jesus, say, rose Lazarus from the dead or fed the 5,000 or, you know, gave someone their eyesight back, how cool it would have been to have seen that right there. But the thing is, if you look at the apostles who were right in the midst of all of that, right next to Christ, as he's doing all of these amazing things, they still messed up. They still fell all over themselves, right? I mean, think about this. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the mountain at the transfiguration. They see him in all of his glory. And still, Peter denies him three times. James runs away. John at least comes back to stand at the foot of the cross. But even though they were there and saw so much, they still fell all the time, right? But all of a sudden, once we get to this point of the ascension, they don't even go back to their locked room like they did after the resurrection. They're out in public. They're praising God all of the time. Why? He's no longer bound by time or space. He's not even in a point now where he only takes three aside. No, he's able to be present to all of us throughout time, throughout space, to be there with us all the time. And especially for you graduates, as you prepare to, many of you, leave home, move on towards places beyond beautiful Sacred Heart in Salisbury, North Carolina, as you move on to different places, as you move on out of your parents' house, the beautiful thing is, is that our Lord remains present with you, present with all of us, in the same way that we can celebrate today the fact that we didn't have to be right there 2,000 years ago, over in the Holy Land, right? I mean, I've been to the Holy Land. It's beautiful. But the amazing thing is, you don't have to be there to have the most amazing religious encounters. Rather, Christ stays present to us, comes to us in the sacrament, is made present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. On this altar, and every altar at every Catholic church throughout the world celebrated today, there he is, and amazing things happen. This isn't a day that we sort of are sad because of the departure of Christ. Rather, it's a day that we celebrate in a big way his eternal presence with us. And so the question for us is, how do we stay present to him? The trouble is, is that we can so easily get bound up in that pesky thing called sin. I mean, you look at the big seven ones, right? Pride, envy, wrath, sloth, avarice, gluttony, lust. There they are. Pusoggle. That's the trick. Remember that and you got the seven deadly sins. Pride, envy, wrath, sloth, avarice, gluttony, lust. Don't fall into them. They bind us up. They pull us away because he's there to be present to us. The question is, are we going to be present to him. When you look at the apostles after the ascension, they are suddenly ready to do things they couldn't do before, to go out to the ends of the earth and to proclaim the gospel. When you think about it, we know that they were successful because we're celebrating at 8 o'clock in the morning in Salisbury, North Carolina, nearly 2,000 years later. It happens. 
The beautiful thing is, is it didn't rely on them by themselves. The apostles are fallen. The church has many fallen members. Had, not many, all of us are fallen, right? I mean, we've had problems all the way through. One of my absolute favorite quotes is when Napoleon said to the Cardinal Archbishop of Paris, I'm going to destroy the church. And the Cardinal said, if the priests and bishops haven't managed to destroy it in 17 centuries, you don't stand a chance. And so we know, right, that Christ stays in the midst. The only thing that we have to fear is us not being in that midst with him. Allowing ourselves to be bound up, not by chains or ropes, but by our own sinfulness. The important thing is is that we continue to take seriously what he tells the apostles to do, to know about salvation by repentance and the forgiveness of sins, to stay close to him. Because on this day of the ascension, we celebrate the fact that he remains in our presence. The question is, will we accept that presence each and every day? My dear friends who are graduating Make sure that as you leave the friendly confines of high school, of Sacred Heart, of your home, as you go out there into the world, remember, no matter where that world may take you, Christ will be present there. The question is, will you be present to him? Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.